Okay, good evening. Today is Tuesday, May 11th, 2021, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is We Agnostics. My name is Haley S. I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Minnesota, and you'll probably hear that in my voice, as I've been told. Um, and I'm going to be kind of bouncing around this chapter and talking about my favorite sentences throughout. So I have page numbers too. If you have your big book, you can follow along. Uh, I'll start with the middle of page 52. Uh, it talks about the bedevilments. And I think this is a perfect explanation of what my life looked like before program. And I'm going to share what, if I know how to do this, this is only my second time doing this. Um, woohoo. Okay. So that is my life, what I looked like when I was living in the bedevilments. Um, my life was completely unmanageable. I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't showering every day. Um, it was a good day if I just like reapplied deodorant over the dried deodorant the day before, um, was maybe brushing my teeth. I would rewear clothes because I just wasn't doing laundry. Um, I would have to take a nap every chance I got, every chance I got, because I just had no energy. I was almost 300 pounds and I'm just a hair under six feet tall. So it, um, yeah, that was just a lot of body to lug around. Um, and I was just not to mention, I mean, the physical stuff, but just the emotional, I was constantly unhappy. I mean, in a constant state of irritability always nagging at my husband, um, thought that everyone else around me was the problem and not me. I didn't need to change at all. Um, so I'll show the pictures of what I look like now later. Um, but I'll go back. There we go. Um, so that's just how I felt living in the bedevilments. And luckily that's not how I feel anymore. Um, and at the top of page 45, it says our human resources as marshaled by the will were not sufficient. They failed utterly. Um, and I just, I, it took a lot of convincing, a lot of different diets for me to finally realize that I just, it was the same result every time the food always won. Um, no matter how hard I tried to fight it. I live in a very small town. There's about 2,500 people total. And I know for some of you, you have apartment buildings that have that many people in them. Um, so Dairy Queen was my like go-to that's, we do have one of those in my town and I was going there at least once every day, um, sometimes twice, but then I started noticing that the same people are working their same shift when I go there twice and they're starting to recognize me and that's embarrassing. So I'm like, okay, gas station food it is. Um, but it's like, I couldn't even drive home after work. I just couldn't do it. I felt like my car had a mind of its own. I, I felt like I was physically fighting my steering wheel. Um, and now I forget Dairy Queen is there. I kid you not. I just drive by it and I go to the grocery store to buy my broccoli for supper tonight. Didn't even think about Dairy Queen until just now when I'm bringing it up. Um, <laughs> but, you know, every diet I've tried, you know, diets only focused on the physical allergy. So it, it worked for a little bit until it didn't. I had no idea that I had a spiritual void in my heart until I came to program. Um, I wanted to stop eating. I really did. I, yeah, I wanted to be skinny, but I also wanted to not feel like crap. I just, I really couldn't imagine living life 
the rest of my life feeling how I did before program. I just, I don't know how I would have done it. Cause I was just, I felt so alone. Um, and I felt like a freak. I really did for what, for what I did with the food. And, um, so at times I really did feel like I was eating against my will because I didn't want to, but I couldn't stop. Um, still on page 45, sorry, I'm getting a outreach call. <laughs> um, it says to others, the word God brought up a particular idea of him with which someone had tried to impress them during childhood. Um, so just kind of a, a background of where I grew up and I grew up in the Lutheran church, um, still in a small town. I, um, from what I remember, I was never taught to have a relationship with God. I guess that didn't even enter my mind as an option until I came to program. Um, so I just remember learning about God kind of like he was a, just a piece of history. And I guess something that I begged for, um, someone that would maybe grant my wishes if I was a good girl or, you know, I just, I did not have the conception of God, like I do now. Um, I remember being scared of him, um, felt like he was, you know, a punishing God. And, you know, I can't recall anyone putting those ideas in my head. That's just how I felt as a kid. I was scared of him. He seemed, you know, I learned about this power and that was scary. Um, so, you know, I, I was baptized in the church. I was confirmed. I did some mission trips when I was in church. And the second I moved out of my parents' house, I did not go back to church. I just was very resentful at it. And I just didn't see, I, I just, I told, I remember telling people this in college, like people only believe in God because it makes them feel good. And I don't need that. Like, and that's, that's how I thought. And, um, man, I am, I've never been happier to be wrong, <laughs> but fast forward to September, 2019. Um, that was my first away meeting I ever went to. Um, so I'm back out of church. So I'm like coming in with my tail between my legs thinking, oh God, like, please don't, please don't shame me. Like, I can't help that this meeting is held here and this is your house. And you know, that's how I felt. And, um, the people there just welcomed me with open arms. Um, and I mean, literally I've never felt so instantly connected to strangers in my life. And this was when pre COVID the good old days where you could go in person to meetings and, um, hugs and tears. And I'm like, and here I was thinking I would never step foot in there again, but my doctor had referred me to this meeting and I didn't want to disappoint her. So I wanted to go and tell her how it didn't work for me. And I've been going every Sunday since. So, um, but I remember hearing the 12 steps at that meeting and instantly feeling skeptical and like, Oh, great. That's not going to work for me. Like step one. Sure. No problem. Step two. Mm, you kind of lost me. So I'm like, that's where my mind was at right when I started. Um, but then I heard these people sharing their stories. We went back to the doctor's opinion and they taught me about the allergy of the body, which was the first time I had ever heard of that, which was a huge weight lifted off my shoulders. Um, cause for the first time I felt like it wasn't my fault and like, I didn't have to feel shame. Um, and so these ladies that shared how drastically different their lives had changed, gave me so much hope. And that hope is all I needed to start my new relationship with God. Um, because I realized through them sharing, um, you know, he's worked in all of my lives, you know, I'm not so special that he's not going to do the same for me, you know? 
Um, so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll come back next week and I'll keep listening. And, um, so then the next part in the chapter I want to talk about is on page 45, uh, the first full paragraph. And it says lack of power. That was our dilemma. We had to find a power by which we could live and it had to be a power greater than ourselves. So I'm thinking, okay, trying to come up with this concept in my head, you know, and, and I'm comparing it to other people and it's, it's not really, it feels very awkward and forced. And, um, so I just, I started thinking, you know, well, I can see something at work in these people who are sharing their stories with me. So whatever that is, I'll call that a higher power. I'll call that God, whatever you want to call it. But something beyond my human understanding is changing these people's lives. And, um, I believed that the same thing could happen to me. Um, and on the middle of page 46, it says, we found that as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice and express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commenced to get results. Um, so that, I mean, just every time I read that sentence, it brings relief because it just says expressing a willingness. Um, and so I say the set aside prayer every single day, because every single day I need to be reminded that I don't know, I don't know everything. And I need to set aside my expectations of how I think this day is going to go, or I need to set aside my expectations of everything I think I know about God. Um, because I need to keep an open mind because if I don't, that blocks me off from God, which is my only source of power for this disease. Um, and on the bottom of page 46, it says our own conception, however inadequate was sufficient to make the approach and to affect a contact with him. And so I, this brought a lot of peace to my mind too, because, um, I always thought that to talk to God, it had to be so poetic and like people would be impressed if I talked a certain way or I'll pray for people and I'll look so good. And yeah, I just, and that's just not true at all. It doesn't have to look a certain way. This is just, you know, how I interpret my relationship with God, but, um, he doesn't care how I come to him. He doesn't care if I'm on the toilet in the morning talking to him like I'm talking to my best friend, you know, I mean, it's honest communication. And I think he would rather have that than me worrying about what I look like in front of other people. And so that's how I started. I, you know, I stopped comparing myself to other people's spirituality practices. Um, and I just, that's what works for me. And I, if, if I feel like it doesn't work, I try something new. Um, but I stopped doing what everyone else was doing because it wasn't bringing me the same results that brought them. And I think that's because everyone's relationship with their higher power is very unique to them. Um, and on the middle of page 47, it says, as soon as a man can say that he does believe or is willing to believe, we emphatically assure him that he is on his way. Um, so the first part of that sentence scared me because I'm like, I'm not ready to believe at this point. Like, I feel like we just started. I'm not there yet, but then it's like, I jumped to conclusions before I even finished the dang sentence. And it says, or is willing to believe. We emphatically ensure him that he's on his way. So I'm like, okay, I can do, I'm willing. I'm willing to believe because I see it at the table across from me. You know, these people who have been sober 
for many, many months and have, you know, reached normal body weights, their relationships with others have improved. I'm willing to believe that there is something that works greater than my human power. Um, and then this isn't in the big book, but um, just a quick reference to the AA 12 and 12. It talks about um, electricity and how we, um, you know, for me, it's like, I don't understand how electricity works. And I was caught up for the longest time on, well, I don't understand God. I don't understand God. Well, then it's like, finally, one day, the light bulb, no pun intended, turned on in my head. And then I was like, if I understand God, my God is not big enough. So every time I feel overwhelmed by not understanding God, I'm like, okay, I'm right where I need to be because he's still big enough. And if, if I didn't feel that way, then I think something would be wrong. So, um, so I don't understand electricity yet. I have that faith every morning that when I get up and turn the light on that, it's going to turn on and I don't have to understand how it works, but I see that it does. And that's all that matters. Um, so I just really love that excerpt from the AA 12 and 12. And I can't remember, um, I want to say it's step two or three, but I'm sorry. I don't have the page number for that. Um, on the bottom of page 49, it says people of faith have a logical idea of what life is all about. Um, and I never felt like I had a purpose in life. Like I always wanted to feel like I have a purpose in life. You know, like you'll hear nurses say like, oh, this is my purpose. Like this is my passion. I love this. And I'm like, I want that, but I just never, I don't even have the slightest idea of what that would be. And now it's like, who would have thought that the darkest part of my life was how I would feel like the most useful in the world. Um, and we're all, we can all do that. Sorry, my cat comes to me every time I start talking. Um, and I just feel like now this is what life's all about. Like this is, you know, and God doesn't want me to reflect, um, you know, spend time in morbid reflection about all the time I didn't spend seeking him. You know, the God of my understanding is like, all right, suit up. Let's go. Like you're here. Like that's all that matters. It doesn't matter when you started. It matters that you're here. Um, how many? Five minutes left. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, and then on page 55, the second paragraph, it says, actually, we were fooling ourselves for deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. And so things that come to mind when I think of fundamental idea of God, um, things that are built into me, like who do I run to in desperate situations? Usually God. And it's like, well, before program, I didn't know what God was, but I was sure praying to him, uh, knowing the difference between right and wrong intuition, gut feelings, just that feeling that there's got to be more to life than this. I feel like those are all fundamental ideas of God that are built into me. Um, and I better share my screen again before I run out of time. This is the pictures of me now. And so on the middle of page 53, it talks about this power has in each case accomplished the miraculous, the humanly impossible. So I just think these pictures represent that, um, not only physically, but hopefully you can like see in my smile that I just feel like life has entered my body again. Um, and the, the first thing that I think of when I think of like 
humanly impossible is the fact that I don't have a, a mental war with food anymore. I can go out to eat with my family. There can be a basket of greasy appetizers sitting in front of me. And I'm not, the food is not screaming at me and I'm not tunnel visioned on that basket of appetizers. I'm present with my family and I don't think about it. I don't want it. And to just for to have that obsession, that mental war removed from my brain, nothing else can explain that except for a power greater than myself. Nothing can explain that. Um, and then I have been abstinent for 19 months. Uh, I've lo- I've released 104 pounds, which again, left to my devices, humanly impossible. You know, only a power greater than myself has been able to do that in me. Um, fear doesn't rule my life anymore. I have a sense of peace that everything will be okay because of my relationship with God. And I'm no longer making outcomes my idols. Um, my mom was diagnosed with cancer for the second time in February and she's doing really good now. But, um, you know, before I would have said things like if my mom dies, I'm done, you know, like there's nothing that like life's not worth living, blah, 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 blah. And now I don't feel like that. I feel like obviously I have a preference to keep my mom as long as possible, but if it were to go the other way, I don't feel like my life would have to end. I feel like I could still be useful and God could still use me. Um, and I'll stop sharing my screen now. So, okay. Um, and then what else? The humanly impossible just, and I probably running short on time. So I think I'll, I'll go to my last tidbit on page 57, which says, but he has come to all who have honestly sought him. And I love the phrase, and I don't know whoever came up with this, but it was when I turn to God, he comes running towards me. And I'm telling you, it's the littlest crack in the door. All you need is just, that's all you need to seek God. Open that door just a little bit and he comes flooding in. And man, I can't believe how skeptical I was. And then there's like, I could, I could never deny his existence now that there's something greater in the works in, in me, in all of you. Um, and I look forward to seeking God the rest of my life. Um, and I truly can't imagine life any other way. And it's funny cause I've been in program for a little over a year and a half. And I feel like this is just the beginning. Like every day feels new and life seems sustainable. Like I want this life that I have now. And it's just, it's just a miracle. And I'm still, every time I start really thinking about it, my mind is blown. And I, that's one of my top used emojis on my phone is like the, the mind blown one, because seriously, I can't explain it. And that that's, that's what a higher power is. I can't explain it. Um, so I will stop there. Thank you. Thank you so much, Haley. Thank you so much for your service and sharing your experience, strength and hope. And we are going to, um, take the meeting now to uh, questions and three-minute shares, questions for our speaker and three-minute shares. Um, Since this is a big book study, we ask that your um, shares please relate to the chapter and topic 
being studied this week, which is we agnostics. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you would like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or it's star nine if you're on the phone, and I'll call the raised hands in order. Michelle, our timekeeper, can you please set a timer for three minutes? And um, okay, I see Cindy Lou and then Stacy. Cindy Lou, would you like to unmute and go ahead? You're muted. Oh, there oh, you go. Okay, there we go. Cindy Lou from Washington. I just have a question for Haley because this this um, talk comes at an appropriate time when I am um, exploring higher power. Um, higher power to me has always been God of the Bible. And so I know you have a religious background as well. So how is it that you actually, like you can pray the set aside prayer, but in my religious practice, it was like, you prayed a lot of things, but the more that you, you know, uh, repeat it for me, for me personally, kind of the less effective it became, it was just something that I would learn and I would repeat. So when you say this and pray this set aside prayer, how do you actually set aside those things of your childhood, all the stuff that you knew and learned about God or, um, higher power, um, to have this new experience? Yeah, That's great question. Um, so I think, first of all, I was setting that aside while I was still in church. So I, you know, I really didn't want anything to do with that at the time. So my, the time that I spent actually like practicing in the church was just so short, but what I do, um, now is like, I know third step prayer, seventh step prayer, set aside prayer, like by memory, but I take it sentence by sentence and apply it to the day. So there are certain days where I know work's going to be challenging and I will ask God, especially if it's a set aside prayer, like God, please help me set aside what I think I know about what customers are going to say and do. Um, or, you know, please show me how to be helpful to my coworkers and my customers, no matter how they may treat me or yada, yada, yada. It just, it, it's different day by day. Sometimes it's about a specific person. You know, a lot of times it's my husband, um, help me set aside everything. I think I know about him. He surprises me. He told me he would do something this Friday that I've been asking him to do for a year and a half. And he. I didn't even ask him. I didn't even remind him. So it's like, I, I don't know, you know, and I just, that set aside prayer helps me just come back to square one, clean slate every morning. Um, and, and so I don't know, I don't feel like I'm answering your question very well, only because I don't think I have, I think you maybe practiced a lot more than I did. Um, so that I would assume it's harder to let it go the more you have practiced it. So I, but we can chat later, my friend about this. Cause I'm going to just keep rambling if I keep going. <laughs> okay. I, all right. Um, I think we have Stacy followed by Kira. Stacy, you're up. Um, Hey, Hallie, I came into the meeting late. Hey guys. 
Um, Helly, I'm so inspired by your story of what I heard. How did you find neutrality around food? Like when did you get that inspiration or when did it finally come to you? Great question. Um, that came, uh, first of all, I will preface this with when I came to program, I was ready for a new life. I was ready for whatever my sponsor had in mind for me. And the things that she suggested that had worked for her seemed very drastic to me at the time with entire abstinence and abstaining from trigger ingredients and stuff like that. But I was like, I'll try it. I'll give my best effort. And I was as honest as I could be. And I put everything down that may have caused a reaction in me. And I have had no physical cravings since I put that stuff down after like a week of doing that. And I think really arresting the physical allergy makes the spiritual mental obsession part a lot easier to focus on. Um, but without talking about food too much, I just think that it really, um, I, I think I really didn't experience true neutrality until after I was done with the steps. I didn't feel like I wanted to eat per se during the steps. Cause I was still craving more like what's the next step going to bring? What's the next step going to bring? But I wasn't craving food. Um, but to actually feel completely safe around the food, I would say well after the 12 steps. Um, but I think for everyone that's so different, but that's just for me. Thank you, Haley. Um, Kira B, you're up. Hi, everyone. I'm Kira, I'm a recovered compulsive reader and bulimic. Um, Haley, I loved your share so much, and um, I related a lot to, to what it was like and to the showering or lack thereof and just basic um, things that I saw everyone else around me doing and to being rec like, a normal eater would love the fact that someone would remember their order when they came in. I hated it. I hated it if someone was like, oh, you're Kira with the this and this. Um, and I, I related to this concept for me of, of punishing God. And I can recall getting in some argument as a kid with my mom and stubbing my toe right after and like knowing, like feeling so deeply like that. That's what I get. And it just kind of like went from there, like all of the examples. This is a share, not a question, sorry. <laughs> um, and and I really I really love the set aside prayer and applying it also to what I need to set aside. Like there are general things that I always need to set aside and then it's specific too. Some days it's, many days it's like my myself, my body image, like what I think I know about my, you know, capabilities as a person because I, and this is something that was like totally spinning in my mind as you were sharing that I'm so limited by my own mind and my own, certainly my disease. But when it came time for me to choose my own conception of a higher power, truly like that conception is infinite and boundless. And I was creating, I was limiting it to gender and I was limiting it to what this looked like. And it continues to grow and evolve, but I can, it needs to be what works for me, Kira, um, which is unique and different than everyone else's 
higher power and it doesn't have to look a certain way like you said and i've always related to very um spiritual and like nature things and i love that in the book it often talks about like sunlight of the spirit or um light and dark i heard you say something like that and what i thought about there was um with sunlight um i still need to wear <laughs> i still need to wear sunscreen on a cloudy day uh cuz the sun is still shining and it made me you know just that's how my higher power works like i'm not always having like the brightest sunniest cheerfulest day but i know higher power is still there so i'll, <laughs> I'll pass there thank you so much for your share thank you kira Um, before we uh, go to uh, switch off, I actually, Haley, if you would not mind uh, speaking a little bit towards, you know, either your daily spiritual practice or like your own um, methods of, of prayer and meditation or, or, you know, I know that's step 11, but just generally how you seek contact with your higher power. Uh, thank you so much again for your service tonight. Yeah, that's a great question. I always ask that to people too, because I'm just curious. Um, so every day really looks a little different. There are certain things I do. Um, you know, I have kind of a morning routine uh, where I try to say my prayers like first thing in the morning and just have quiet time with God. Um, is, there is it a traditional meditation? Probably not. Um, I, I do two-way prayer sometimes. This morning I did that where I put on meditation music um with a timer and then just because if i let myself go on too long then it's haley's thoughts it's not god thoughts <laughs> um but and then you know i think what i really where i was really lacking in my spiritual program was at work so that's what i've been focusing on uh praying for customers when they're when i feel like they're being difficult um and you know just help like a lot of it's just trying to make God or not trying to make God, trying to feel God's presence in all parts of my day. Um, whenever I remember, um, you know, cause when you get busy, you know, it's not like I'm opening a checking account for somebody and thinking about God, like that's, you know, I'm human. It's not hundred percent of the time, but you know, I, I really try to go how I seek God is how I I ask him how I can be helpful to people you know even when on days where i'm physically just not feeling the best you know i know he can still use me in some way so i ask for that guidance and then um you, you know and you heard in my talk how informal it really is you know there's i wouldn't say i do have my formal prayers but then i have just talking with god a lot and just like like i called my mom on the phone you know talking to god like I need direction. I need help. Um, I don't know what to do here. And, and then at night, um, when we retire at night, I have like kind of a nighttime routine. Um, that for me is focused a lot around gratitude, I think. And so is the morning, but, um, I I'm always willing to try different, uh, meditation and prayer practices. Um, 
I really like the two-way prayer, which I didn't know existed until after the 12 steps. I, then I heard about that somewhere else. And so, and yeah, I just feel like there's so much to learn, so many things to try and I'm excited and I'm glad that the opportunities are endless because otherwise I don't know how this would last a lifetime, you know? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, Haley. Uh, Michelle M, go ahead. Hi everybody, Michelle M, compulsive overeater in Chicago. Uh, Haley, I just had a question. Can you explain what two-way prayer is? I've uh, I've heard it, but I've never asked what it was, and I'm I'm trying to enhance my spiritual practice. Yeah, so I am probably not as well versed as some people here in the two-way prayer, but for me, what it looks like is it's usually a question that I'm asking God. Um, you know, and a lot of ones that come up is how can I best serve my sponsee because everybody's different or how can I best serve my coworker if, if I feel like there's been tension or, and then I just sit with that and any thoughts that come to me, I write down or type out. Um, and, and then when I read them back, when I'm done, you know, those are, those are sane thoughts that come from God. You know, do I feel like God is talking to me sometimes. Sometimes I feel like these are just intuitive thoughts that he puts in my head. So I feel like I'm on a very basic understanding level of the two-way prayer, but I know that there is a meeting that I haven't been to about two-way prayer, but um, I think just in a vague nutshell, that's what it is. <laughs> but Amy, if you want to chime in on this, that'd be awesome. Thanks, sure. Um... I'm actually just, there is, there are meetings on it. There is a website on it. Um, uh, I, I, I think it's in the chat. Uh, I'll, I'll post the other links in the chat. I'm sorry. I'm just going to stop the recording. Um,